0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Odin's Movie Vlog. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing this evening? Yes, indeed. Starting much earlier. Got done with dinner much earlier than I expected. And so I want to jump on early because 8.30 was going to be way too late for me anyway because (laughs) I need sleep. So I'm glad to be able to jump on early to give you guys a full stream. What is going on? Lily Patton's here, Gannison's here, Tina's here, Orange Hat Reviews is here as well. Com uh Kazma, Kazmazal always oh, every time. Kazmazal Jimmy, what's going on, Jimmy? Uh Lily Patton, Anthony Aguirre. Aguiar Anthony Aguiar Bear bear bear. Always love that name. Niggle Noodles, what's up? Super, hello. How is it going? We are doing just fine. We are doing just fine indeed. And guys, remember, if you want me to answer any questions or if there's, uh, you want me to get, you know, you want to get my attention or you want me to read anything, remember, Odin question, all one word, is how you get contact of me. Just makes things easier on me in the long run. G Monkey says, hello there, says, hmm hello tina and odin questions so oh, tired need sleepy i know seriously i definitely need a lot of sleep and the Aguirre says is odin christian jeremy or does josiah rises have that role definitely josiah rises has that role <laughs> i'm just his token christian i'm just a token catholic uh entertainment hacker man thank you so much starting off with the super chat appreciate that man always man and always remember you can always put a message in there if you need to or if you want to Thanks for the blue text in the Discord. Entertainment Hacker, no problem at all, man. So glad that you told me about it because, obviously, there are certain things that I fall behind on very easily. So, thank you so much for reminding me. Uh, Bruce Wayne too. excited for the Joker? Yes, very excited for the Joker. Love that first trailer. The first trailer was fantastic. Slice of Neon says, Odin's alive! Hello, what's going on? Brandon B, gonna hang out till the big game. What big game? There's a big game tonight? I don't follow this. Is this the basketballs? I don't follow that stuff. It's all silly nonsense to me. Uh, let's see, John Early says what are your thoughts about the moment in The Dark Knight Rises where Bruce Wayne climbs out of that pit without the rope I think it's a beautiful moment, I think it is a beautiful moment as well, I think that entire sequence is done very well, again, even though overall as a movie, I don't really like The Dark Knight Rises, I don't think it's one of Nolan's best, I think that unfortunately the Heath Ledger death really just put everything so off base of what it was supposed to be that it ended up leading to a film that overall was kind of just underwhelming I mean, when you have Batman Begins which is probably one of the best origin stories ever told on the screen, or at least I think the way that it was told. And then *The Dark Knight, which is almost a damn near perfect movie, I think that it's hard to really be able to match up with Dark Knight Rises. And Dark Knight Rises, unfortunately, I think falls into a lot of traps because of that. But yes, absolutely, that's one of the best. Again, Dark Knight Rises does still, though, because it is a Nolan film, it does have some really great moments in it. And I would say that the Bruce Wayne climbing out of that pit Was one of them. Souls asking, hello, did you hear about that fan attacking Bret Hart? I did, dude. Holy crap, that was insane. So I didn't watch the Hall of Fame. I don't really tend to watch that stuff just because it doesn't interest me at all. The Hall of Fame for the WWE is kind of like a big joke, I feel. Like it just doesn't, I don't take it seriously. Because of certain people getting in, certain people not being in, I I just don't really take it as seriously as some of the others might, you know, (laughs) not to say anything against anyone that's in the WWE Hall of Fame, I think that anyone, most people that are in there deserve to be in there and, you know, work their asses off and deserve that recognition, but also it's kind of just sad to see some of these people when they're a little bit older and just not be able to do the same things that they were able to do, not just that, but also even basic functions are difficult, like, I don't know. It's hard to watch sometimes, and so I stick to just, you know, the NXTs on these big, you know, WrestleMania weekends, I stick to the NXT show, which is always better, and and this is no exception, the NXT show was better, and it's not necessarily because the main WrestleMania show sucked, it was because, you know, the WrestleMania show actually for the most part had, I would say, the vast majority of their matches were actually pretty good, with, I think, good outcomes, the problem with it it was that it was six and a half hours, the show was six and a half hours, that's insane, and that's not even counting the pre-show, that's way too long and so, yeah, but the whole Bret Hart being attacked was ridiculous, and all I can say is that <laughs> that dude got what was coming to him, because there were a couple of wrestlers that, like, got in some shots on him, and, yeah, I'm sorry, like, I don't I don't condone violence, but if you're gonna go ahead and do something like that, man, you, you better be ready for the repercussions, so hopefully he indeed gets, you know, the law, gets legal ramifications as well, but also I think that there's something wrong with him, so I hope he also gets the help that he obviously desperately needs. Tina, thank you very much for letting everyone know. When is Lead on 4K? Do not know yet. We don't have any official word yet on this. There is uh some word coming out though about Elite Battle Angel, possibly not being getting a sequel, but instead being released. Apparently, uh, they're talking, Disney is talking with James Cameron and trying to convince him to turn the movie into a series for the streaming network instead of it being a sequel film. Now, obviously, there are a lot of great things that could come from a series, but I much would rather, especially with the technology they use, with the 3D effects that they use, and they do it very well with Alita, I would much rather get an actual full-fledged sequel than a series. So I really hope that does not happen, but right now that's the only real news that we have uh, again, there, there really is nothing as far as official dates yet. There are a couple of websites that are having, you know, the so-called pre-sales ready, but I don't trust them. Perfectly honest. I, I just don't trust them. I think that they are just trying to get people to give them money and they're saying, Oh, eventually in July we'll have it. And I don't know if July is necessarily, it's called like Zavi. Don't go to Zavi. I don't know who they are. I don't trust them because you can apparently pre-order, you know, the steelbooks, books, but I think it's just because they're taking your money. And then eventually when it becomes available, they're going to get it to you. So I don't know really what their shtick is, but I don't really trust them. So that's the only site that I've seen that have had any type of pre-sales available. Maybe y'all guys will have a little bit more knowledge of them. I don't know. I've never heard of them before. Um, let's see though, Gannison says I watched Endgame clip, War Machine putting crap Marvel in her place yes, oh my god, when she says well before you didn't have me, and she's like and he's just like, um, where have you been this whole time, and then she tries to come back with something and it was like, oh come on but I will say, a much better version of Captain Marvel already from the Russo brothers compared to her solo film, without any question, what big game, basketball, I don't watch basketball, I don't watch that stuff Orange chat Review says, amen about the college sports, I just don't get into them Again, I don't like professional sports much either. I mean, obviously, you know, I watch baseball. It's kind of like the only sport I can get into. But even now, when I follow the scores, I follow the records and stuff, I don't watch the actual full games themselves unless it's like a major series. Like, I'm a Red Sox fan, so Red Sox-Yankees, I like to watch those series. And anytime there's someone maybe like I like pitching, I'll watch those games too. And then, of course, postseason. You <laughs> know, like, towards the end of the season, postseason. that's when I kind of start to try and watch as many of the games as I possibly can live. This is not madness. This is Asgard. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeedy. Uh, super says, News just dropped. Reaction to Shazam! Screenwriter officially returning for sequel. I'm super pumped. Did not know that, but that is awesome, because the first Shazam! film was fantastic. And I hope that it does well. I hope it does even better. Everyone's in the box office news is talking about how it's not living up to... Any of the other DC films had one of the lowest openings, if not the lowest opening for any DC film franchise. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, but it was also one of the least expensive DC films to date. So that kind of almost makes sense. Not to mention, it's a character that a lot of people don't really know anything about. And Warner Brothers, I don't think, really did much with their marketing. Like, I think that if Shazam had had the machine of Disney behind it, it would be, you know, (laughs) it'd be well on its way to a billion dollars at this point. But that's just me. Uh, Bruce Wayne, too, says, do you think Nolan's secret film is a comic book movie or another original masterpiece? By the way, love your videos So entertaining. Well, Bruce Wayne, too. Thank you very much for that. Appreciate it. I don't know what his secret film is going to be. I haven't really read much into it. I haven't really followed. No, no I, know, I know that Nolan, again, he, he has projects and he doesn't say anything about it. I don't know. I think he's done with the superhero universes, to be honest. I think that he's made it kind of clear that he's done with that. So I, I kind of hope that that is, you know, because he said that, I hope that that is the case, I I want him to be a man of his word in that, a man of his word but I I don't know, I hope it's good I think it's going to be another original masterpiece, if I had to choose between those two, original masterpiece sounds much better and also seems a lot more likely on top of that All right. Bruce Wayne, too, was the last person to ask. All right. So Tina says, I did watch your video about idiots thinking Mabel making a billion equals it being a superior movie. I'm just happy to see War Machine dress her down. Tina, I love that clip, too. It was fantastic. But yeah, seriously. So for the video I made today, and it's also obviously in the topic for this uh, live stream, I just love how there are so many articles being written about the film making a billion dollars and every single person writing these articles they try and make it seem like that means that the movie's good and i'm looking at this and i'm thinking to myself i can think of so many movies that technically flopped that were masterpieces and i can think of so many films that made a billion dollars that are actually total crap pieces and also on top of that there are films that maybe didn't crack the billion dollar mark but still made multiple million dollars in profits that didn't cost as much as a Captain Marvel or as a you know any other <laughs> big-budget film, and yet it's still been profitable. So, again, it's not a good metric. Box-off success doesn't mean anything. What box-off success means is that you were able to market your film very well, and you were able to convince a lot of people to go see your movie. And also... In the case of Captain Marvel, in the case of many Disney films, what they were able to do was they were able to get as many screens as possible and get it at the highest ticket price as they possibly could because they tried to saturate the market with, again, a higher than average ticket price by saying, okay, we need to have, you need to have more than the average 3D showings, more than the average IMAX showings, etc. to be able to cover all of the different costs. And so, when all that comes into account, it's not nearly as impressive especially since they're trying to compare it. So the, the whole video I made today was because there was some idiot who tried, basically tried to say that because Captain Marvel's now crossed a billion dollars, and not just crossed a billion dollars, but also has now made more than, before adjusted for inflation, The Dark Knight, that it's something important to talk about. And basically trying to insinuate that it means, it's a, like, insinuating it's a good film. Oh, well, The Dark Knight was, you know, universally, you know, critically acclaimed and did very well in the box office. And, oh, now Captain Marvel's made more than The Dark Knight. So, obviously, there's a correlation there. It's like, no, that's not how this works. Just because a movie makes money doesn't mean it's good. I mean, Fifty Shades of Crap made money. Those movies aren't good. Twi, you know, Twilights, you know, the Twihards, they they ended up making that full franchise into a multi-million dollar, you know, Ponzi scheme nonsense. Doesn't make those movies any good either. So, if we begin to start to make that the metric, it begins to create a lot of problems for a lot of other movies that have been really bad, that have made a lot of money, but also for a lot of great classic films that, overall, didn't do very well. Blade Runner, the original, did not do well in the original box office run, and yet is considered to be a masterpiece, is considered to be a sci-fi classic, is considered to be so many great things. Blade Runner 2049, in my opinion, is a modern-day masterpiece. Also, didn't make much at the box office, ended up losing money at the box office. I think it probably made some of that up in the Blu-ray, you know, 4K sales because, I mean, it's a beautiful movie. Denis Villeneuve did a wonderful job with that, which is why I'm very excited for Dune, because I think that Dune is going to be great because he's behind the camera. But yeah, if we're going to start to play this game of, oh, well, it made money, and so therefore it's good. No, that's not how it works. Yeah, War Machine dressing her down, freaking fantastic. Uh, Lethal Lightning, thank you very much, man. Dude, you don't have to... Thank you, I appreciate the Super Chat Lethal. says, just for being a friend and setting an example, I admire. Oh, well, Lethal Lightning, thank you very much, man. Appreciate it. Guys, go check out the Lethal Lightning channel. He is an awesome dude. He is my friend from Australia. And also, he is a member of the League of Nations, which is a -a once-a-month stream where we have four of us, all from different cultures, different backgrounds, different parts of the world, coming together to talk about a variety of topics. The first episode that we did last week... Has it already been a week? Oh my goodness, it's been, maybe, no, maybe more than a week at this point. Yes, it's Monday. Oh my goodness, it's Monday. Everything's so crazy. I'm going to Chicago this week, this is insane. Sorry, I'm having this moment of, oh my goodness, there's so many things that need to be done. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> so two weeks ago we did a first ever episode, and it was awesome. We talked about Article 13, we also talked about Captain Marvel, censorship, things like that. It's available on the Welcome to Asgard channel in full, and also on my blogger Website, which is where I put all the episodes up as podcasts, so you can actually follow it on Google Play, on Stitcher, on iTunes, and you can listen to it there as a podcast, if you wish. But thank you, man, I appreciate the super chat. And Cody Johnson, thank you very much for the super chat. Lily Patton says, I hope Endgame doesn't go woke like last last chat. I I don't think it will. As again, in the Russos we trust. Until the Russos are able to prove me wrong, until the Russos are able to kind of show that they're going to go in that direction, I think it'll be fine. But the Russos at this point, at least to this point, have not really shown or indicated any of that. So I trust the Russos. I don't trust Disney. I don't trust Kevin Feige. I don't trust them to not try and put messaging in there. But I do trust the Russos to try and make it as good as possible, even if there is some type of woke messaging. I don't think it's going to be from them. I think it's going to be from the higher ups. And I don't think they're going to allow that to happen. At least they haven't done so yet. Raygar Turgagan says, Hail the Allfather! In the new Avengers teaser clip, it sounds like someone is whispering, I have telepathy right as Thor summons his hammer before Captain Marvel. What are they hiding? Wait, what? I have telepathy right as Thor summons... I haven't noticed this. Is this a reference that I'm not getting? It could very well be a reference that I'm not getting. Super says, Well, that didn't take long. Disney's only owned Fox for, like, what, two weeks? And they're already starting to mess up? I don't know, seriously. They're already starting to mess things up. Because they don't really... I mean, again... Alita Battle Angel is going to make money. I mean, it didn't make money in the box office, but just put that bad boy on a 4K Blu-ray, give us a good transfer, and it's going to sell over a million units, at least in the United States, you know, let alone across the world. It's going to make money. It's going to make another 30, 40, 50 million dollars just from that alone. I mean, you add in merchandising, you add in streaming service revenue. I mean, there are a lot of things that you can do to help that film make money. Just putting on DVD, Blu-ray is already going to help. You know, 4K. And I already plan on getting it on 4K. So I don't own a lot of films on 4K because I don't really have the capacity to fully utilize 4K technology yet. But I want to be able to one day. And there's certain movies that I think should be owned on that type of form. And I think that Elite Battle Angel definitely deserves that because it's a beautiful film. But yeah, seriously, I don't think a series would do it justice. Again, as I said before, even, even though I'm excited to, bl- to buy it on 4K, I don't even think the 4K Blu-ray is going to be able to do justice to this film as a giant projector would be able to. So I think that if you were to change this into a series, if you're trying to put this on a streaming network and you were therefore going to limit the quality of the image, the limit, the quality of the stream, because streaming can only go so far. Yeah, you can get 4K streaming, but it's not gonna be the same as if you're seeing it on the big screen. It's not gonna be the same as if you're even watching it on a physical media as well. So I'm really hoping that that's not the case. I hope they don't go in that direction. I would much rather them give us a sequel that the fans really do want and the fans will help be able to justify just give us the blu-ray just announce the date put up the pre-orders and wait and see if you put those pre-orders up i think they'll be very very surprised cuz you know i'll be promoting the hell out of the pre-orders for that film no question about it nostalgia network says this is my first time watching one of your live streams well nostalgia network welcome to the stream thank you very much for joining this is indeed how things tend to go um, let's see, Infinity, uh, sorry, I just saw I saw numbers, and I had to read it, it says, uh, Infinity Stone, D, says, fun fact, Disney owned 30% of Hulu, after they bought Fox, they now own 60%, not only that, but they're also now trying to gain another 10% or so from another organization, meaning that eventually they could own around 70%, so, that's why my thought process is that, what they'll end up doing is for the Disney Plus service, they'll have their kids shows, they'll have the Star Wars shows, things like that, but then for Hulu, if they really wanted to, if they wanted to bring back maybe the Daredevil, if they wanted to maybe bring back, you know, some of their edgier shows. They could do it on Hulu because they'll own, you know, 70% or so of the network, so I mean, I assume therefore they'd be able to do it. I don't really know how much, you know, owning the stock and owning, the, you know, I don't know. I don't know how that works. I wish I did. John Early says, "I don't I don't envy JJ Abrams with editing Star Wars episode 9." I mean, the last Jedi was such a mess that I doubt JJ can salvage it. Yeah, I don't think I I don't think he can either, to be honest. I think that what JJ's trying to do If I had to guess, my guess is that J.J. in making Episode 9 is just trying to make a good standalone film. I think that's honestly what he's going to be trying to – he's not going to try and make it following up the events of The Last Jedi. It's going to be simply trying to make an individually good film, and I think he's going to actually do more callbacks to his movie, Episode 7, The Force Awakens, than The Last Jedi. The fact that there's already the rumors going around that he's going to retcon some of the things that Ryan Johnson did kind of seems to indicate that because, again, as I said before, Ryan Johnson took all of the little balls that, you know, Ryan, that J.J. Abrams were like, hey, man, here they are. They're softballs, man. You can knock them out of the park if you really wanted to. And then, of course, Ryan takes them and is like, all right, I'm going to catch it, and then I'm just going to throw it into the stands. It's like, no, that's not how the game works. But I subverted your expectations. But th- that's not how this works. So, I think that he's going to end up retconning a lot of things, and I think it's going to end up for the better. So, again, I think we're going to get a solid, independent, you know, film. But then when you look back at everything and think, wait, this is a part of a trilogy, okay, now this doesn't really work. So, yeah, I can't wait to see what the title is and also what the trailer is going to look like because, man, they have so much. They have so much they have to fix. If they want to salvage anything, they have so much. Uh, Jedi Sage Monk, thank you very much for that super chat, says, You deserve a super chat for your Fifty Shades of Crap comment alone. Box office sales have never corresponded to a film's success or artistic merit. Jedi Sage, thank you. Uh, I really appreciate the super chat, and yes, Fifty Shades of Crap is the most accurate title for it. Obviously, there's a lot of other things that I could say, but they would not be a part of the language I like to use for my channel. So thank you very much for that super chat. I appreciate it. And yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Again, just because a film makes money does not mean that it's a good film objectively or that it's artistically valuable either. Only well, how can you say it's artistically valuable? I mean, art, you know, art is up to the beholder. You know, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. So is art, yes. But at the same time, if you are a person that's going to try and tell me that abstract art is art, I'm the same person that will spit in your face because you do not want to be cool. Sorry, not to drag <laughs> abstract art into the same conversation as 50 Shades of Grey. However, at the same time, I kind of do put them in the same category, at least for me. I feel like I feel, I feel feel like if there's a comparison, we're going to talk about artwork here. We're going to talk about like, the, the merit of an artist. I would say that when you take that form of art and compare it to other forms of art, that it's like the 50 Shades of Grey of the art world, at least for me personally, because I, ah. oh, the things I could say about art, (laughs) all right, so John Early had the last comment before the chat jumped on me, let's see, where did you go, where are you going, all right, Cupcake Geek, what's up, Cupcake Geek, love that name, says, what do you think of the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood trailer, are you excited for Dark Phoenix, I'm not excited for Dark Phoenix, Dark Phoenix just doesn't – Apocalypse kind of killed the X-Men for me. They were on such a great track record. Like, First Class was fantastic. I freaking love First Class so much. And then, of course, you had, you know, the uh... – oh, my goodness. I always forget the name of it but the because <laughs> the title is just very convoluted for me. The one with time, when they go back in time and there's something to do with time. Oh my goodness! I don't know why I'm blanking out, on it. but anyway, the the follow up to that was also uh, Days of Future Past. That's what it is. Days of Future Past. Sorry, um, I had a brain fart for a second. Had to think about it. So Days of Future Past. So uh, I think that those two films were great, and then they made Apocalypse, and Apocalypse just sucked. I just didn't like it at all. I I, I hated. I almost hated the film. I was was like I was in the movie. And I was just like I don't like this. I don't want to. I don't want to still watch this anymore. And so I look at those two films, and they were you know the first two films were great. The the, the third one was bad, and, and I feel like. If I had to get a feeling for what the trailers are revealing about Dark Phoenix, it seems and feels a lot more like Apocalypse than it does than the first two. So I don't really have high hopes for it at this point, but obviously I'll probably going to, I'm probably going to go see it. But you did ask about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It looks great. Simple as that. I mean, the poster obviously still sucks because it just doesn't look very good. But the trailer and the movie itself look great. I mean, they've got a great cast. I love Quentin Tarantino's work. I mean, most of the film, there's only, like, maybe one or two films that I don't like from his canon, but everything else is great. And, obviously, even the films I don't like, I I can still find things that I could say, oh, the, you know, the dialogue here is great. The character work is great. Because he he has that skill. But there's obviously just certain stories that don't, you know, don't appeal to me. But I think Once Upon a Time Time in Hollywood is going to be one of those films that's going to be, like, you know, really great. Rhaegar Targaryen says, Hellboy is going to be awful. I, uh, I mean, that's another one where the trailer for me, I was like, eh. It looks, it looks okay. It comes out this weekend, so I'm not going to be able to see it because I'm busy Thursday anyway, and then I'm going to be in Chicago Friday to Sunday for celebration. So, you know, I'll see it eventually, I guess. But, yeah, I agree. I think Hellboy – I don't know if it's going to be awful necessarily. I just don't know why they're making it. I just feel like, okay, you were going in a certain direction beforehand, and I think the direction you were going beforehand had a very good following to it. Now I don't know what this is being made for anymore. It's like okay, you're re- rebooting a character, and the character hasn't really been around in the cinematic universe that you know all that long. Really, it kind of reminds me of Spider Man, where I'm like, oh, let's just not reboot it every five seconds. That would be nice. I hope that doesn't happen. Uh, Leader Troll says you remind me of Megatron. You should do Megatron voice. I do. Doing what? I don't. I. Mm, I, I. I don't think I could do a Megatron voice. Uh, Nostalgia, uh, Nostalgia Network says, do you think Ruin Johnson's trilogy will be mentioned at celebration? Um, maybe in passing. See, here's the thing. There's going to be a panel, I know, but I don't know if you're going to be able to ask questions, and my number one question would be like, hey, what's going on with the Ryan Johnson trilogy? And basically, something would tell me that they're just going to play the typical party line and say, oh, he's working on it, and we still have plans, but they're not going to give anything definitive yet. I think that's kind of like, you know, until episode nine actually comes out, I don't think they're going to really say anything about it. I think... It would not be surprising that after Episode 9, they kind of say, oh, yeah, we've created differences. Ryan Johnson's going to go do his own thing, which I think would be better for everyone involved, because let's just be honest here for a second. It would be better for everyone involved. Slice of Neon says, Captain Marvel is a masterpiece. Yes. You put it so very well. A masterpiece masterpiece Piece is indeed the correct thing. Uh, Super Anime Gamer says, Yeah, it does it make sense. Shazam's budget was around 80 to 100 million, and the character isn't that big, but you know it doesn't matter because pretty sure Shazam is already making profit. Yeah, no, no, seriously. Like, Shazam's going to be profitable. There's no question or doubt about that. It's just that everyone's talking about how it's just not as big as the others. And it's like, okay, so I love how you like to pick and choose the narratives that you talk about. I love how even when talking about Shazam, they still got to talk about Captain Marvel. Because obviously they realize and recognize that if they don't, if they don't stop talking about it, then eventually people are just going to stop caring about it because it's a total mess. Again, as Slicer Neon says, it's totally, it's a total masterpiece. Like it's, it is the epitome of ordinary. It is the epitome of just bland. It is, it is bland toast. It is plain toast with no butter, with no jam. It's just boring, and. Basically, you don't ever really go back to Bland Toast. Unless you're sick. But even though I was sick, I would not want to watch that film ever again. <laughs> Let's just be honest for a second. Uh, Super says, Dark Knight made money because it was good. Captain Marvel made money because Normie fans thought it would be relevant to Endgame. Spoiler, it wasn't Curse You Marvel! Curse You! No, you, Super, you hit it right on the head. The reason why Dark Knight made money was because it was a good film, had great word of mouth, and therefore was able to make, you know, over a billion dollars. When you look to Captain Marvel, on the other hand, it made a crap ton of money very early on, because as you said, many people thought it was going to be relevant to the storyline for Endgame. They thought they had to see it, because that's how it was marketed, that's how it was portrayed, and yet, when you actually see the movie, you think, okay, no, this actually creates more problems... There's actually a lot of questions now that I have that should not have been asked in the first place because the canon was mostly fine. There weren't really any canonical issues, but now there are because you decided to go back in time and change characters and change time elements and decide just to make things up <laughs> as you go along for what? You know, so that you could push the first, you know, female-led MCU film? Was it really that important to you you could have done much more easily a Black Widow film during that same time period that also would have been very successful? And it wouldn't have had to break the canon of the star, you know, of the story, <laughs> of everything going on. But no, obviously they don't care about that because it's all about the agenda. Push, 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 push. Regard Targaryen says HJW's Avatar made 2.79 billion. Therefore, not only is it the best movie, it is a milestone achievement since the dawn of mankind. Odin. literally...